0: Code wins, Episode 11. Cassandra Perch, an engineering evangelist at Retail Me Not, and instructor at Girl Develop It, discusses modular JavaScript application architectures and insights learned from teaching JavaScript. Welcome to the Code wins podcast, where we cover leading edge web developer news and training, with an emphasis on Node. JavaScript and HTML5. My name is Jeff Barcheski, and I'm here to help you navigate the winds of change. In this episode, I caught up with Cassandra Perch, an engineering evangelist at RetailMeNot, and an instructor with Good Girl Development. At JSConf 2014, we discussed modular JavaScript application architecture. And insights she has learned in teaching a girl development. The links and show notes for this podcast are available at slash 11, as in episode 11. Let's get started. Uh, today I'm speaking
1: with uh, Cassandra Persch. She's an engineer evangelist for Retail Me Not and also an instructor uh, for girl develop it Uh, welcome Cassandra hi I was able to talk with Cassandra here at uh, JS comp and she's uh, uh, got a talk this afternoon that's going to be on modular application architectures in JavaScript Mm -hmm. and so I wanted to uh, spend a little bit of time talking with her more about that and also to uh, find out some more things about uh, uh, all her uh, experience with girl development so uh, Cassandra what can you tell me about modular application architecture
2: Uh Basically, it's the idea that JS um, has a very big fanaticism problem. Uh, I believe people are picking one tool and then issuing all other possible solutions for that for that particular tool, be it a framework or, or even um, with Gulp and Grunt recently. with Build tools I've noticed a lot of people uh, basically ditching Grunt or or completely disparaging Gulp just because of the way they've picked tools and um, I think. We need to think about how we develop our develop our applications more based on what does the what does each job properly as opposed to just picking one overarching framework and uh, going through it. But uh, it's funny. I actually uh, read this morning a post of someone saying that my well, the premise of my talk was complete bunk. So um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> nothing 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 helps your nerves like someone prominent in the node community <laughs> writing an article saying that the premise of your talk is bunk the morning of. But uh, it, <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely going to be an inter- interesting talk. I think especially right. with Right. all the, the recent conversation around it.
1: Yeah, I know there are people get very passionate about some of these things, and uh, yeah. know, it's, uh, but it's interesting, you know, we can't, we need to have the discussions, we need to have the debates, and, and that's, that, true. that's the only way to, you know, I mean, but, you know, we can be nice about it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, we can.
1: So, uh, wait and hear, wait and hear what, what person has to say before we uh, we uh, uh, announce our own opinions or right. whatever, so, but yeah, so that's great, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know there's, uh, there's the whole um, um, back and forth on that, I mean, there's keeping things small and simple is you know easier to replace and easier to understand but then you know then you um you know a group like happy uh, um aaron hammer and his uh, group at walmart labs they've experienced the opposite side where um with express having all these components you having to get them together in the right order and all this stuff that was complicated and so then they mm-hmm. create a happy which doesn't have many of those issues so mm-hmm. but it's you know so it's one bigger framework but for that purpose, it works well. But right. It's harder to swap out things.
2: Right. And, you know. and, and and my talk, I mentioned that I'm not saying don't use frameworks ever. Mm-hmm. I'm saying we should be more judicious about how we use frameworks and we should consider being a little more wary of frameworks that require a high amount of buy-in. They yeah. require a high amount of specialized sort right. of training or, or learning about a framework before using it. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely not saying don't use a framework. I'm, I'm more saying consider the definition of the word framework which is an essential supporting structure. And I, I think a lot of frameworks have kind of strayed away from that definition and become these like, monolithic things, whereas uh, there are a lot of frameworks that actually hold up as good examples of architectural support and essential an essential organization for an application.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that, I think that's great. And I think um, I mean... Uh, um, I think I might have been reading one of your uh, blog articles or mm-hmm. something on the, you know, talking about maybe the um, um, frameworks that use other um, build on a lot of smaller components, mm-hmm. so they would be easier to to um, to uh, swap things out or learn or understand.
2: Yeah, yeah. I of, talk you know, a lot so. about flight at conferences, and that's yeah, that, that to yeah. me is an example of a framework that provides an essential structure, but allows you to bring in modules that do the tasks yeah. you need okay. well.
1: Okay, so. Um, Taking this uh, idea a little further, where where would uh, where would my listeners want to go to um, start to learn about some um, you know some of the uh, frameworks that you kind of highlight in your talks, or um, you know uh, wh- which ones are good examples of? You know of what you think is uh, you know a good way to approach this.
2: Yeah, um, I definitely would would consider um, Backbone and Flight very good examples of supporting structure. And, and you can Google either of those. Um, flight was written by Twitter, so they they have a lot of information about it. Mm-hmm. And um, Retell Me Not is actually launching an engineering blog soon, where we'll have some of our own case studies. We use Flight in production. Okay. And. Um, as for Backbone, of course, there's, a, there's an absolute litany of, of resources about Backbone. For Node, I definitely recommend Restify, which is sort of kind of moving into that monolithic, but not really, not, not very quickly. I'd like to see where it goes, but I definitely would recommend it in, in the present. And um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of resources online for all three of these things.
1: Yeah. OK, great and uh i guess switching gears and talking maybe uh, a little bit about uh, girl develop it and mm-hmm. some of your um you know experiences uh training uh, uh training ladies and girls there um what um uh, what have you learned as far as uh, teaching people, mm-hmm. and you know, of, of all ages, I imagine, and and um, experiences, and and what can we learn, you know, in general about training, and and what are things that are hard to uh, hard to do?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, so, a little background: Girl Develop It is a, a nationwide nonprofit, and I teach for the Austin, Texas chapter. Okay, um, we actually. Uh, we're open to everyone. Uh, oh, we, have, okay. we have male students, TAs, and instructors. Sure. Okay. Um, Girl Develop, it, it's kind of created this uh, sense of only women. But no, there oh. we, we welcome uh, all students. Yeah. Um, we teach adults in Austin. I don't know if the other chapters do uh, children or, or high schoolers or not, but Austin only teaches adults currently. Okay. Um, but what I've learned about training from that definitely is uh, being reminded constantly that everyone learns at a different, in a different way, in a different pace. Um, having... When you write a curriculum, you need to keep in mind visual learners and learners who learn from metaphors and anecdotes and, and, and people who just need to try things. I'm definitely a, a, an interactive learner. I need to try something before I, I learned it. Right. Um, so, keeping, keeping that in mind when writing a curriculum, you can get Really focused on small topics and not get a lot done because you're trying to get everybody. One way we circumvent this is by training TAs to kind of keep in mind that there are different types of learners, and mm. we try to hit as many ways as possible while we're ta- while we're teaching. Okay. But we f- we we definitely offer exercise time where a TA can kind of go over a concept again in a different way with a student. Okay. And we try to have plenty of TAs. Um, that definitely helps keep everybody together. Okay. One of the the things that concerns us the most in training is is um, we do two day courses. And we worry about how many women or students will lose from day one to day two. Okay. How many people will get lost and say, okay, I I don't get this and I'm not going to, and they don't come back for day two. Yeah. And I think having a lot of TAs and keeping in mind that everyone learns in a different way is, is definitely a way to help that, help ease that attrition and help stem it a little bit.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah.
1: Okay, great. And, and so, uh, with your, uh, the way you guys teach this uh, these these classes and things, do you alternate with uh, some lecture and then some hands-on and, mm-hmm. and all that? Is, that? is that kind of the, the model?
2: Yeah, we try to keep it about 10 minutes of lecture and okay. then five to 10 minutes of exercise time. And basically, the exercise builds on the day. So okay. you start out with something small and then you build on that exercise as each lesson kind of teaches you something new about oh, the okay. technology. Yeah. I teach JavaScript and we start with okay. a small page that that does that basically doesn't alert and then we add variables and we add objects and so we add logic yeah. and that's how it starts to build on each other. Okay. HTML and CSS, you build a web page so you start with just an H1 and then you learn how to style it and you right. build from that. Okay. And um, that, that achieves two purposes. It helps us know which students are behind because we can kind of look at their example code and see where they are mm-hmm. and then the other thing it does is it gives students something to take home. Okay. It gives them something. They've, they've completed a project by the end of the class and that sort of, that sort of instant gratification yeah. it definitely helps with students and definitely yeah. encourages them to explore more.
1: Yeah, okay. Great. And uh, do uh, these people that come to to develop it, uh, do they, um, do a lot of them have any kind of, um, uh, programmer, or sci- or scientific background, or, or are just all variety of people? I mean, it's definitely a variety. Okay. Um,
2: I would say a good portion of our students are designers who are trying to learn web oh, development. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've also had a, a large influx of educators oh. in, the, in recent years, um, okay. either wanting to use technology in the classroom yeah. and w- thinking that's a, g- a good way to get into it is to by knowing web development or just looking to change fields. And that's an, another large contingency of our students is, is people with no technical experience whatsoever, but yeah. they're looking to change Fields.
1: Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And um, in, in in the JavaScript world uh, that you teach, what what are some of the things that are most challenging that that uh, that maybe we could work on to provide more good examples or more content or uh you know to help with
2: um anyway code is abstracted um dealing with objects methods and um, functions and trying to explain how a function can be assigned to a variable basically anywhere you get into the abstract right um really we really start to see students kind of either get it immediately or they need a lot more extra assistance with that so um, Yeah. yeah that's that's definitely the trickiest part
1: okay great Well, Cassandra, I I really appreciate you uh, meeting with me today, and uh, it's been a great, great uh, content, and I look forward to your talk this afternoon.
2: Thank you very much. Thanks.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this interview with Cassandra Perch discussing modular frameworks and teaching JavaScript. The links and show notes are available at codewins.com slash 11. If you would like to keep up on the latest in web developer news and training, follow me on codewinds.com, where I have a podcast, blog, and video training covering Node and JavaScript. Until next time, this is Jeff Barcheski with CodeWinds. Music by... Audionautics.com